we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Only when we are free of conformity can we find out what is original, essential, true. Unless we find that out, we will always live a counterfeit, second-hand life of imitation. Hello and welcome to episode 186 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from the archives representing different approaches to many of the fundamental issues and questions that we all face in our lives. This week's theme is conformity. Upcoming themes are urgency, culture and resistance. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust based at Brockwood Park in Hampshire, UK. Brockwood is also home to Brockwood Park School, a unique international boarding school offering a personalised, holistic education for around 70 students. It is deeply inspired by Krishnamurti's teaching, which encourages academic excellence, self-understanding, creativity and integrity. Please visit brockwood.org.uk for more information. You can also find our regular Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on conformity has four sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Madras, 1964, titled Most of Us Live a Life of Conformity. The life that most of us lead in society is to conform, that is to adjust to the pattern, adjust to a particular sanction, mould our thinking, our feeling, our ways of life to a civilised society. A society that's always moving, slowly evolving, according to certain patterns. And we are trained from childhood to conform, conform to the pattern, adjust ourselves to the environment in which we live. And in this process there is never learning. We may revolt from conformity, and that revolt is never freedom. A 
and it is only the man who is learning never accumulating it's only such a mind that that moves with the with the constant flow of life and society that is the relationship between human beings the interaction between human beings which has established certain pattern to that pattern from childhood we are made to conform adjust and this conformity can never give freedom because in its very existence society establishes certain authority certain patterns of behavior of conduct of laws and society never helps man to be free on the contrary society makes man conform respectable cultivate the virtues of that particular society fit into a pattern and society never wants him to be free it doesn't educate him like all religions which is part of society invented by man for his own particular security psychological religions as they are now organized dogmatic ritual with written with authority and all the divisions that exist in our organized belief religions too do not want man to be free which is again fairly obvious so the problem is is it not that there must be order in society you must have order otherwise we can't live order being efficiency order being that every citizen cooperate do his utmost to fulfill his function without status that is order not what the society has created which we call order which is status function which gives him status and that function which gives him prestige power position and in the battle of this competitive society there are laws to hold the man in order so the problem is there must be conformity that is to keep to the right side of the road when you are driving and also there must be freedom otherwise the society has no meaning 
if society does not give man freedom not help him to revolt that's that any school boy does but to help him to be free and i should we should be going into that presently if society if religion does not help man to be free and understand this whole problem of conformity and help him to conform and yet not be a slave to society and that demands a great deal of intelligence that is to conform to the norm to the pattern adjust himself to society and yet maintain that extraordinary sense of freedom because otherwise if man is not free though he has lived 2 million years there will be no end to sorrow there will be no end to the anxiety to the misery to the appalling poverty of one's own mind and heart and society is not at all concerned about this freedom through which alone man can discover for himself a way of living not according to a pattern according to a belief according to knowledge a way, a way of living from moment to moment flowing with life because if you if man is not free in the deep sense of that word not to do what he likes that's too simple and idiotic but to be free from the society which has imposed on him on him certain conditions molded his mind then we can live for another 2 million years or more and we shall not be free from sorrow from the ache of loneliness from the bitterness of life from all the various anxieties that man is at so the problem is is it possible for man to conform adjust and he must which is he must keep to the right side of the road for the safety of others when he is driving that is conformity he must buy a stamp to post a letter he must pay taxes if he has money and so on so on. but conformity for most of us is much deeper we conform psychologically and that's where the mischief of society begins 
And as long as man is not free of society, the pattern which society has established for him to follow, then he is merely moral in the sense that he he is orderly in the social sense, but disorderly in the virtuous sense. A man who follows morality of a particular society is immoral because he that only establishes him more and more, makes him more and more a slave to the pattern. He becomes more and more respectable and therefore more and more mediocre. Whereas a man who is learning, that is, who is understanding the whole function as he lives, the function of a society, which is to establish right relationship between man and man, to help him to cooperate, not with an idea, not with a pattern, not with an authority, but to cooperate out of affection, out of love, out of intelligence. And to understand this heightened sensitivity of intelligence, and intelligence is only that, the heightened sense, the heightened sensitivity, not which has nothing whatsoever to do with experience, with knowledge. Because knowledge and experience dull the mind. You may pass a tree every day of your life, and if you have no appreciation, of the extraordinary shape of a branch or of a leaf, or the beauty of it at the sunset, or its nakedness in the winter. If there is no appreciation of that, or be in total communion with the squalor, with the evening sunset, or with the reflection of the palm on the water, then such a mind is dull mind, however moral, however respectable, however conforming to society. And such a mind can never be free, and it is only the mind that learns the movement learns as it lives every day, in every minute, in the movement of life, of relationship, which is action. It's only such a mind that can be free. And it mind must be free. Free from conflict. Free from the self-contradiction that exists in man, 
And therefore, this contradiction that breathes everlasting conflict within himself and with his neighbour, and this conflict is called moral, because that conflict helps the human being to conform to the pattern which society has established. The second extract is from Krishnamurti's fifth talk in Sanan, 1965, titled To What Extent Can Conformity Be Ended? I think we do and we must ask fundamental questions and try to find out the original true answer. And I would like this morning to talk about conformity, that is, if there is anything original. Not in abstraction, not as an idea, but as an actual fact in daily life, the fundamental question is conformity. To what extent can this conformity continue and where is it possible to end that conformity altogether? And therefore, the original begin. I think this is a fundamental question, because most of us do conform endlessly. That is, shape ourselves to a particular form, to a particular ideological mold imposed by society, or by our own experience, or by all the economic, social, environmental pressures. We're always shaping ourselves. I think that's a fact. And can this conformity, which is so deep-rooted, both conscious as well as unconscious. Can this conformity come to an end? And it is only then that we can find out for ourselves what is the origin. Because I don't say, unless we find out for ourselves what is the essence, the origin, we shall live a life of counterfeit, an imitation, a life of second hand. And therefore it seems to me that it is a valid and a fundamental question to ask ourselves whether conformity can ever end. 
I mean by conformity, thought and the thinker always shaping themselves to a pattern. Imitating, repeating, adjusting, complying to something that to an idea, to a pattern, to a concept, to a belief, to a dogma, to a particular form of relationship. Whether such conformity, which is the norm of our life, which is the everyday pattern of our existence, whether that can come to an end, and whether that coming to an end does breed disorder, and therefore we must conform, or is there an ending to conformity, and therefore the discovery of something totally original, not counterfeit, not second-hand. Because most of our lives are second-hand. And we do not know for ourselves what is the origin, if there is an origin. I know that word original is rather misused. Original writing, original painting, original thought, original way of expressing. An author who writes an original book. I do not think such the word original can aptly be given to such activity. And religion throughout the world, however organized, however stupid it has become, ritualistic, without meaning, has always sought this original thing. And apart from religion, with their dogmatism and their complex theology and absurd ceremonials and all the rest of that nonsense, whether a human being living in this world, surrounded by all the complexities of modern existence, whether he can find for himself not as an experience, but something really original. Otherwise, life becomes terribly monotonous, routine, boredom, a thing that is of very little significance. So, this morning, if I may, 
I would like to go into this question of conformity in which is implied imitation, moulding thought according to a certain pattern, the pattern being the authority, whether imposed by society or put together by our own experience, and never coming near the origin. When we use the word conform, all that is implied, this counterfeiting process, imitation, acceptance, obedience, the desire to conform to a particular pattern. When we use that word conformity, it implies all that. Now, is it possible, first of all, to be totally aware of this conforming process, whether conforming to the past, to the present, or to a future idea, utopia, a concept, whether one is aware of it? Then, to ask ourselves, is it possible to end this conformity? Because if we would understand this whole process of conflict and effort, one must understand conformity, because effort implies conformity. And whether it is possible to live in this world without effort, which means without conformity. Because one can see the more effort one makes, the more conflict, the more confusion, and hence the greater the sorrow, the greater the pain. Whether it is possible to live without effort and therefore originally, and therefore non-conforming, but to come to that point, one must be aware first, I think, it seems so obvious, the nature of a mind that conforms. Why do we conform at all? Please bear in mind when we use the word conform, we are implying counterfeit, imitation, 
authority, adjustment, and all that is implied in that. So why do we conform? And conformity implies effort. And therefore, in any relationship in which there is effort, there is no relationship. If I make an effort to be kind to you, or to be affectionate, or make an effort to be polite, then it, it has no meaning. Kindliness, gentleness, affection is a state of mind in which there is no effort. And to understand that state of non-effort, we must understand fundamentally this question of conformity. And we do conform outwardly as well as inwardly. I conform when I put on this kind of shirt and trousers, whereas in India I don't. I put on something else. I conform when I drive a car to keep to the right side and England to the left side. I conform when I have to post a letter. But have I to conform to the poison of nationalism? to a particular pattern of existence, a particular way of thinking, because that has been imposed upon me by society in which religion, economy, a social influence, all that shapes my mind. So I have to find out if I would live a life in which there is no effort and therefore the establishment of right relationship and therefore right conduct, right behavior. Because where there is effort, all that is denied. So I see where there is effort, there must be conscious or unconscious conformity. I see that. I may see it verbally, intellectually, but that's, that's too easy, too, has very little meaning. But to be aware of it, am I aware in my daily activity, in my daily relationship with my friends, family and all the rest of it, am I aware to what extent I conform and 
being aware of it, becoming conscious of it, knowing that I do conform, not merely superficially, but very deeply. Because the very nature of the unconscious is conform, is to conform. So I, the mind is aware of all that, is conscious of it. And when we are talking together this morning, the speaker may be aware of it, but that awareness becomes useless if both of us are not aware. If you are also not aware of your deep unconscious or conscious conformity, not adjusting to little things, but deeply, and knowing conformity implies effort, and in a, where there is effort, there is no relationship of any kind. And where there is effort, there is imitation and conformity. Now, one is aware of it. So obvious. Then, one asks oneself whether it is possible at all to be totally free from, from the deep cause of conformity. You understand? Superficially we have to conform. You have to sit there and I have to sit here, unfortunately. You have to put on this and do that and so on, so on, very superficially. But to search this question out and to find the right answer, not an answer according to one's pleasure, which is no answer at all, or according to one's concept, formula, religion, dogma, all that becomes so utterly meaningless and stupid. To find out, one has to inquire into this question of fear. And that's why we can fall. If one has no fear of any kind, would you conform? One sees why one conforms, imitates, adjusts, and superficially it may be necessary, and perhaps it is necessary. But Deep down, inside the skin, as it were,
We conform because there is the fear of not doing the right thing, a fear of going wrong, the fear of not living a totally complete life, the fear of not finding reality, God, or all the rest of it. So, in all of us there is the root of fear. And I think it is very important to understand that before we can answer the question whether it is possible to end all conformity. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Ojai, 1973, titled Are We Educated to Conform? Why do we get educated at all? I wonder if you ever asked that question. Here you have so many universities, colleges, schools, all the children going to them to be conditioned. What for? What does all this enormous knowledge mean to bring about more disorder in the world, more wars, make the mind conform to a particular structure of a society? And we accept it. And we never question why we are being educated. And in this peculiar education that one has, that one has been through, our minds acquire certain types of specialization. Engineers, scientists, biologists, and you know, all the rest of it. And we are never taught how to learn about the whole of life, not just one fragment of life. How to look at life as a whole. But only we are encouraged to be more and more self-centred, egotistical, pursuing our own pleasures, and all this with other complications involved in it, which we have no time to go into, is called education. Cultivating that part 
of mind, the intellect, to store up knowledge. And so knowledge being always in the past, our lives become more and more mechanical. We are encouraged to conform, whether in the communist world or in the capitalist world. And when we revolt against this conformity, that revolt is merely a reaction, again to conform in another pattern or to another pattern. Long hair, short hair, whatever that be. Right? So that is our education, right throughout the world. So, in this education, we are never creative. Creation is something in which comes into being when the self is not, when the me is not. So that is part of our life. Disorder in a life that is supposed to be educated, civilized, and in this life that we live, there's, we talk a great deal about love. All right, may I go into it? Don't be angry with me. Don't be, if I may ask, accept what we are talking about, but just look at it all. Just look as you would look at a map. You can't change the map, it is there. The town, the villages, the bridges, the length of the road, and so on, so on. It is there, you can't change it. However much you may like to change it. So our life is that. And to look at it, to observe it, without any choice, And in the observation of it, you will discover how you are looking at it, how your own prejudices, your own petty little movement of life, your own anxiety, your own conclusion, distort the map. And so you never look at this enormous beauty, complexity of life as a whole.
The final extract in this episode is from the second talk in Sanan, 1970, titled Freedom from Conformity. How can a mind, a brain, which is so conditioned by authority, imitation, conformity, adjustment, how can such a mind and a heart listen to anything completely new. How can it listen to the beauty of a day? And the mind and the heart and the brain are clouded by the past as the authority. So if you see that, not verbally, not intellectual, but actually perceive the fact, the actual what is, that is, a mind that is burdened by the past, conditioned by various forms of authority, is not free and therefore cannot see completely. If you actually see that, then the past is set aside without effort. Right? So, freedom implies the complete cessation of all authority inwardly. And from that quality of mind that is free, an outward freedom comes, uh, takes place which is entirely different from the reaction of an opposing or resisting factor. Are you following all this? Are you also working as hard as the speaker? Or you merely just listening, uh, hearing? What we are saying is really quite simple. And it is because of its very simplicity you will miss it. Our minds, our brains are conditioned through the authority, through imitation and conformity. That's a fact. And therefore, freedom cannot exist with such a mind. You can talk endlessly about freedom and revolt against certain outward forms of restriction. But it's not a free mind. The mind that is actually free has no inward authority whatsoever. And we have explained very carefully what authority means. Have you, as a human being, 
any form of authority on which you depend. And if you do, freedom, you cannot have freedom. And it's only the free mind that knows what it means to love and to meditate. So, in understanding freedom, one has to understand also what is discipline. This may be rather contrary to all that you think, because we generally think freedom means freedom from all discipline. So let's find out what it means. Find out together. I'm not laying down. I'm not telling what, a, what you should do, should not do. We are trying to find out, not trying, we are finding out what it means to discipline, what is the quality of mind that is highly disciplined. Because freedom cannot exist without discipline, which doesn't mean that you must first be disciplined and then you have freedom. But freedom and discipline go together. They're not two separate things. So what does discipline mean? According to the dictionary, I'm sorry to talk about dictionary and the meaning of the word so much, not that I haven't recently looked it up, at least not this morning. The Latin it comes, the, <laughs> the meaning of that word means discerning, to learn. Not the mind that conforms, not the mind that is being drilling itself into a certain pattern of action. Please see this. Not the mind that conforms to a goal, according to a goal, according to an ideology, according to a belief, according to Marx, Engel, or Stalin, Lenin, Mao, this or that. A mind that is capable of learning. which is entirely different from a mind which is capable of conforming. A mind that conforms cannot possibly learn. It's only a mind that is learning, that's observing, that sees actually what is and not interpret what is according to its own desires, its own conditioning, its own particular pleasure. 
You understand? Discipline means not suppression, not control. Please listen to all this. Not conformity, not control, not suppression, nor adjustment to a pattern or an ideology, but a mind that sees what is and learns from what is. Such a mind means, such a mind has to be extraordinarily alert, aware, So that's what it means to be, to have discipline. You understand? In the ordinary sense of that word, to discipline oneself implies there is the entity that is disciplining itself according to something. So there is a dualistic process. <coughs> You're following? Yes. Huh? I say to myself, I must get up early in the morning, because I'm lazy, or I must not be angry, or I should do this or that. In that there is a dualistic process involved. There is the observer and the thing observed. Right? There is the one who, with his will, controls what he should do or deny what he should not do. Right? In that dualistic state, there is conflict, isn't there? Right? So, discipline as it is accepted is a process of constant conflict. Right? The discipline laid down by the parents, by society, by religious organizations, by the church, by what the Buddha, the Jesus and so on have said. There is a discipline there. <laughs> For us, discipline means conformity. And there is a revolt against conformity. The parents wanting you to do certain things and you revolting against it. and so on and on and on. Now, our life is based on obedience, conformity and the opposite of it, to deny conformity and do what one likes. 
a revolt against the pattern. And this is what's going on throughout the world. So we're going to find out what is what is what is the quality of the mind that doesn't conform, doesn't imitate, doesn't follow, doesn't obey, but has a quality in itself which is highly disciplined. Discipline in the sense, a quality that is constantly learning. You want a quality of mind that is learning, not conforming. Conformity implies comparison, doesn't it? Comparing myself with another. Comparing means measuring. Measuring myself, what I am or what I should be according to somebody else. The hero, the saint, the Mao, the Lenin, the uh, Marx, or if you don't like them, Jesus, you know, the other side. So, where there is conformity, there must be comparison. Please see this and to find out whether you can live, not verbally, but actually live daily without, com without comparison. Which means not conforming. You know, you do compare yourself, don't you? That is our conditioning from childhood. Oh, you must be like your brother or your great-aunt. You must be like this saint or follow what Mao, that's the latest, what he says. So we are always comparing. Our education is that in school, which means all this giving marks and passing examinations. Oh, you don't know what it means to live without comparison, therefore without competition, and therefore non-aggressively, non-competitively, non-violent. At the moment you compare yourself with another, it's a form of aggression. And if it's a form of violence, violence isn't merely going killing or hitting somebody, it is this comparative spirit. I must be like somebody else, or I must 
perfect myself, self-improvement is the very antithesis of freedom and learning. Are you listening? Are you doing all this? So can you find out for yourself to live a life without comparing? And you will see what an extraordinary thing happens to you if you really become aware, choicelessly, what it means to live without comparison. Never using the word better. Never using the word I will be. Do listen to all this. Because we are most we are slaves to the word to be. Essere. Which is I will be somebody sometime in the future. So comparison, conformity, go together, and that does not breed, that only breeds a suppression, conflict, and endless pain. To find a way of living, <coughs> uh, not a way, a uh, a daily living in which there is no comparison. Do it sometime, you will see what an extraordinary thing it is. It frees you from so many burdens. And to be aware of that, that very awareness brings about the quality of mind that is highly sensitive and therefore highly disciplined. Because it's constantly learning, not what it wants to learn, or what is pleasurable to learn, what is gratifying to learn, but learning. <coughs> so can you become aware of the authority, the following, the obedience, the conformity to a pattern, to tradition, to propaganda, to what other people have said, doesn't matter who it is, and the tradition, the accumulated experience of your own or of another, of the race or the family, All the, that become the authority. And where there is authority, mind can never be free to discover whatever there is to be discovered, something entirely, timelessly new. <coughs> then the nature of a mind that is sensitive. 
a mind that is sensitive has no pattern, is constantly moving. It's like a river, flowing, and there is no in that flow there is no suppression, no conformity, <coughs> no desire to fulfil, and all that rubbish. 